and let's magnify him for a little while longer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, do you feel the presence of God that's in this house? Hallelujah, God is here. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Hallelujah, Lord, we worship you. We magnify you, oh God. Hallelujah. Somebody take a few moments and just seek after him. He said, if you seek me with all, your, all of your heart, you'll find me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Praise God. Praise God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord with God's people. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Job, chapter 1 and verse 13. Man, I want to say again, a great big thank you to everybody for, for honoring us for our birthdays. Man, I feel, I feel like the ugly person at the prom. I'm just happy to be here, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm glad to be in God's kingdom and to be amongst such a wonderful group of people. Man, we want to encourage you that tomorrow at 5 p.m. you want to come and be a part of our Harvest Festival. It is a great opportunity to be with God's people. We're going to reach out to our community, and ultimately, we want to give our community an alternative to what everybody else is going to be doing tomorrow night. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we blame the weather, but I think it's a great idea that we're just going to do it on the same day as everybody else is doing their thing. And so, uh, it's going to be nice, warmer weather, not raining. The only rain that's going to happen is a candy rain. So you'll be all right. Just bring your insulin, and you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. And then also, we really want to encourage everybody uh, you know, I know it's, it's Sunday's our normal service time, but next Sunday, uh, Pastor Julio May from Memphis, Cali uh, Memphis, California, Memphis, Tennessee. I got the wrong states mixed up. Memphis, Tennessee is going to be preaching. It's better because it's not California, so we're good. But you want to come and be blessed. Uh, he will really bless you with his ministry. And uh, we're just going to celebrate together because we've got a reason to celebrate, church. Amen. The book of Job chapter 1 and verse 13. And as you're turning there again, I want to say it's so good to have Paul Rodriguez. This is a man that we've been praying for, Brother Lavin and, and Brother Mike Barber have been reaching out to, praying God's going to completely heal you in Jesus' name. Also good to have Ch Jeff back in the house of the Lord. This is Brother Ryan's father. Amen. Glad he stayed over for the weekend. So maybe we'll get him to stay over for the rest of his life. We'll figure it out. Amen. Job chapter 1, verse 13. Amen. I'll be reading this one in the King James today. They got me used to the ESV. I've been reading out of that a lot recently, but amen. Job chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. I only survived. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. 
while he was yet speaking. Notice how the Bible starts this. There was a day. This sounds like a really bad day. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped to tell thee alone. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And only, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head fell down upon the ground and complained and got angry and got bitter and quit church and quit living for God. He had four other messengers that said, I have survived. And after hearing all of this, Joe fell to the ground and made a decision. He worshiped. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. I am a survivor. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Come on, hallelujah. I believe that God's going to speak to us today. I believe God's got a word for us in this house. Amen. I believe God's going to encourage somebody in the house of the Lord. No matter what you have been facing, no matter what you have been fighting, Hallelujah. Do not lose your praise and do not lose your worship and do not lose uh, your walk with God here today. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We give you praise and glory. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your church. Uh, God, speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I am a survivor. God bless you. you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Job is not only one of the most studied books in the Bible and one of the most well-known books in the Bible, it is also the oldest book in the Bible. Not only is it the only oldest book in the Bible, it is one of the oldest books in existence today. So when you read your Bible, some people, they've just left it on their nightstand. I want to tell you, you are not just reading uh, some book that somebody came up with in the last 150 years. That's uh, not, not, not something that Mark Twain wrote over here in Virginia City. You are reading something that is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. This book of Job is put right into uh, amongst the books of Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, what we would define out the books of poetry. These are uh, lessons in which we can learn these these books are powerful books job we find from job chapter one it starts out with such a beautiful story it starts out in job chapter one and verse two and there was born unto him speaking of job seven sons and three daughters his substance also was seven thousand sheep three thousand camels 
500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men in the east. I want you to notice that Job was not just an ordinary individual. He was listed one of the only people in the Bible to be considered great. He was listed as the greatest of all of the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every day, every one his day. They went from house to house, eating and feasting. And the Bible says, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so that when their days of feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of all of them. Job had a lot of kids, but Job never missed an opportunity to pray for every single one of those kids. The Bible said, for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And the Bible doesn't say Job did this once or Job did this twice. But the Bible is letting us know about Job. Thus did Job continually. Job was a wealthy man. Job was blessed above all other men in the east. It wasn't just that he was blessed financially. There was something about the character of Job that when people thought of a leader, when people thought of greatness, they thought of Job. When you talk about a family man, this was a great man. He had one wife, not five. He had one wife, and with that one wife, he had seven sons and three daughters. And every one of them, he raised them the right way. And he trained them to be as he was. And every single day, he would rise up and he would offer sacrifices unto God. Job was a good family man. And what makes a good family man? A good family man is a spiritual man. A godly man makes a good family man. You can't be a good family man without being a godly man. Hallelujah. And Job offered sacrifices. He prayed and he sought God, not because his, sin, his kids were living in sin. He said, just in case they slipped up this week, uh, just in case they fell by the wayside, uh, I want to make sure I've got some prayers stored up for them. Uh, this was a man that was not being reactive, uh, but this was a spiritual man that was being proactive. Uh, I'm going to pray before the trial happens. Uh, I'm going to pray before the trouble comes. Uh, I'm going to pray before there's challenges. Uh, I'm going to pray before there's issues. Issues. I'm going to pray before my kids walk out on God. I'm going to pray before. I think I ought to tell somebody here today, we, we've got too many people that ask for prayer when their kids have already walked out. Don't ask for prayer after they've walked out. Start asking for prayer right where they are. We'll pray when they're gone, but honey, we'll pray them through when you bring them to church. We'll pray them through when you bring them to the altar. We'll pray them through in the worship. We'll pray them through in the preaching. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Job was a good man by all intents and purposes. We would all consider Job to be one of the most stellar, if not the most stellar person outside of Jesus Christ in the entire Bible. You can't find one place where Job made a mistake. What a good man. Job was a good man. Job was a blessed man. Job was a family man. And Job was a faithful man. 
And yet the Bible declares there came a day. This day will probably go down in history as the worst day to ever happen in human history or in literature itself. In this day, Job lost his family, he lost his finances, he lost his health, he lost his peace of mind, and ultimately Job kind of lost his friends as well. I want you to notice that all of this happens in the first two chapters of the book of Job. Four messengers in a row appear, and they tell Job of all the horrific events of the day. The Bible declares, amen, that they came one after another. The first avenue of attack against Job was against his finances. I'm going to preach to somebody here today. The Sabaeans attacked and took all of his, ax, uh, his oxen and killed every single servant except for one. And then, while he was still speaking, another servant ran up. And the Bible declares the fire fell from heaven and killed all of his sheep and his servants except for one. you got to understand, they didn't have dollar bills and credit cards. Uh, every animal, every ox, every sheep, everything we read about in Job chapter 1, all of those thousands uh, of yokes of oxen and all of those sheep and all of those camels, uh, he is losing his 401K. He's losing it all in one day. And the Bible declares that while that one was still speaking, that, the Cald that another servant came and said the Chaldeans came and took all of the camels away and killed all of the servants except for one. The second wave of attack was against Job's family. The Bible declares that the wind came, it was a tornado or a hurricane, and it knocked over the house where all of his kids were, and it killed all of them, all of the servants as well, except for one. The third wave of attack was Job's physical health. In one day, he went from being the healthiest old man that was blessed and favored to scraping boils off of his body uh, with an all broken pot shard. Uh, and finally, the fourth and final attack, uh, which took, uh, amen, the next uh, several chapters, uh, which took the rest of the book of Job, uh, the next 40 chapters of Job uh, was this final attack, uh, and it was the attack upon Job's faith. But you want to notice something here today. Uh, amen. Job, uh, amen, already made a declaration. Uh, the things that were out of my control, uh, I can't control the attack upon my family, and I couldn't control the attack upon my finances, and I can't control the attack upon my health. Uh, but if these four servants uh, made it out of everything they just came through, uh, there's something in me uh, that can survive the attack. So many would ask, why Job? Many have asked in this building, why me? We look at Job, we can say he's a good man, and we look at ourselves and say, man, I'm not too bad either. But let me help you today. Why not Job? In fact, that's exactly what God said. Why not Job? 
Amen. We think so often that bad things should happen to bad people and good things should happen to good people. But I want to help you here today. Why not Job? Why not somebody like you? Why not somebody like you that has been living for God and doing what is right? The Bible says in Job chapter 1 verse 6 that there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And the Bible says Satan came amongst them as well. The devil shows up in the presence of God as well. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where are you coming from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up it and down it. He was looking for someone. He was looking for something. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. We get a revelation about our adversary. The devil is not stagnant and the devil is not stationary. The devil is walking up about. He's seeking whom he may devour. In these two passages of Scripture, we get a revelation about our adversary in Job and in 1 Peter. In both passages, he's walking about. In both passages, he's searching. In both passages, he's looking to devour. He's looking to destroy. Jesus would say the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In both passages, though, I want to give somebody hope. I know that when you read Job, it's not always an exciting verse to read, but I'm going to give somebody hope and help here today. In both passages of Scripture, he's got to get permission from God first. Before he ever touched Job's life, he was walking about to and fro, up and down, looking for somebody. And it was God that said, haven't you considered somebody as great as my servant Job? And Peter said that the devil's walking about to and fro, seeking whom he may. Everybody say may. Just because you can doesn't mean you may. Anybody ever played Mother May I? you got to ask for permission. That lets us know that our adversary does not have permission from God to devour all. I came to preach to somebody. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, you can touch his finances. You can touch his family. You can touch his health. But don't you touch his life because he's got to fulfill this act of faith. He's got to fulfill this act of worship. He's going to prove a point that you can fight him. You can fight him. You can fight him. But my faith will survive. You can attack and attack and attack but my faith will continue on. You can attack all you want, but I'll still fall down on my knees, lift up both my hands, and be a worshiper of God. You can make me sick, make me think I'm going to die, but I'm going to worship till my last breath. You can take every dime from my bank account, but I don't praise God based on my bank account. You can hurt everything I call dear, but I don't worship God based on everything I've received. The Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away, but blessed, blessed, somebody shout blessed, blessed. Devil, you fought me, but my worship survived. Devil, you fought me, but my faith survived. My walk with God survived. Somebody ought to clap your hands. 
and give him praise. Your adversary does not have permission to devour all. Amen. In Job, we see this forefront assault, and it is often the tactic of the enemy. The devil will attack you in your finances. Everybody say finances. In fact, that's usually the first place he attacks people. They make a declaration they're going to live for God, and then all of a sudden they ain't got the gas to get to church. I've had it happen to myself. Everybody say family. He'll attack your family. Because if he can get your family all messed up, he can keep you away from God. Everybody say physical health. There's people in the house of the Lord right now. You're struggling in your physical health. I've been there amongst you. Amen. But I want to help you here today. The last attack that the devil has is he attacks your faith. In fact, everything the devil is trying to do, amen, the whole ploy of the book of Job, it was not about his health. It was not about his finances. It was not about his family. In fact, the whole wager, it seems, before God and before the devil, it had everything to do with Job's faith. See, you might be struggling financially, but it's not about your finances. It's about your faith. You might be struggling with your family, but it's not about your family. It's about your faith. You might be struggling with your physical health, but it's not even about your physical health. It's about your faith. Come on, don't let the devil steal your faith. Don't let the devil steal your faith. Don't let the devil steal your faith. Don't let the devil kill your faith. Somebody in the house of the Lord needs to come out of this and say, my faith survived. Somebody needs to come out of hell, amen, with a squirt gun and said, my faith made it out. The adversary will try his best, but you have to understand how the devil operates. He's like a dog on a leash. He can go only as far as God lets that leash go. If God has allowed it in your life, amen, it's because God is going to use it in your life. You and I may not understand how it works out. Amen. You and I don't always see everything that's going on. But God is letting things happen. And God is allowing things happen. Because the Bible says all things work together for good. And God knows the equation. And God knows the outcome. We don't know the equation. We don't know the outcome. Uh, but God is trying to make sure you get to the expected end that he promised for you. And the expected end that he planned for you. And in order for you and I to get there, sometimes we got to go through it. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's so many people who want to live on the mountaintop, but sometimes you, in order to get to the next mountaintop, you've got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You've got to go through the low place to get to another high place. The adversary will try his best, but he can only go to the limit of the permission that he has been given. The adversary cannot go beyond the permission that he has received from God. Let me give somebody some faith here today. If the devil is keeping you up at night and screaming in your ear and telling you everything he's going to do to you, I want to tell you that means he doesn't have permission to do it. Because never once in the book of Job did Job ever hear from the devil. All he had was some messengers that showed up and said this happened and this went wrong and this went bad. If the devil had permission to do it in your life, uh, he would already be doing it. I've come to preach to somebody uh, where you are living. There's some people you're being kept up at night, and the devil's saying, I'm going to get you. Uh, I'm going to kill you. You're not going to make it. Uh, and every time he tells you that, it ought to boost your faith. Uh, if he's letting you in on the plans, uh, that means he don't have a plan. 
If he had permission, you'd already be going through it. If he could kill you, you'd already be dead. If he could finish you off, you would already be out the door. But the fact that you're in the house of the Lord should declare in faith, I am a survivor. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Somebody ought to dance and give God praise. Devil, your plans will come to naught. Everything you said will not happen. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. Somebody shout. Somebody dance. Amen. There's people, this ought to give you some sleep. I'll let you just rest at night. Devil's telling you everything he's going to do to you and everything is going to go wrong. He's always reminding you of everything that could go wrong. But I want to help you here today. That should be a faith booster to you that it cannot happen. Because if it could happen, it would happen. Uh, hey, listen, I've been up this last year. I've fought things like I've never thought I'd fight. Uh, and I, I've been in moments, uh, amen, where I felt like I was going to die. And I felt like I, and I had the devil whispering in my ear, uh, you're not going to make it very long. You're going to die a young death like your father. Uh, and I remember getting to that place uh, where I started praying. Uh, and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. But it's in that moment uh, I let my faith get boosted up by the Holy Ghost. Uh, that said, if he's telling you uh, he's going to do it, he doesn't have permission. So I made it up in my mind. I'm living through it. You said you'd get me, but it didn't work. You said you'd kill me, but it didn't work. You said you'd ruin, but it didn't work. Somebody ought to shout, I survived it all. Somebody ought to give God praise, I survived anyhow. We learn a lesson from the servants and from Job himself. After all. All after each attack, after each trial, after each assault, there was at least one thing or one person that got away from the enemy's attack. Every attack was different. Every trial was different. Every assault was different. But one always got away. The adversary fought against Job with all that he had. He fought against even the servants of Job with all he had. But I've got good news for us here today. Amen. No matter how hard, amen, the Chaldeans fought and the Sabians fought and the fire fought and the wind fell. I want to remind you here today, the devil didn't get them all. I come to bring somebody a revelation here today. You might be going through a different struggle than your neighbor. You might be going through a different attack than your friend. But I want to help you here today. No matter what the attack, no matter what the adversary brings against the people of God, he can't finish it all off. I want to bring somebody a revelation today. In every trial, there will be a survivor. In every storm, there will be a survivor. In every attack, there will be a survivor. In every attempt by the adversary, uh, there will be one uh, that gets away. Uh, amen. There will be at least one, not just one. There will be at least one uh, that gets away. Uh, can I preach to somebody today? Drug addiction has taken millions of lives, uh, but there are survivors in the building today uh, that survived and got away. I wish somebody would testify. 
Come on. If you're in the house of the Lord, you used to have a needle stuck in your arm. You used to have a pipe on your nightstand. You ought to shout and give God praise and let it be I'm a survivor praise. I made it out praise. God got me out of it praise. I'm no longer addicted praise. God set me free praise. Alcoholism has ruined families, but there are survivors in this house today that got away. Abuse, both mental and physical, emotional, spiritual, has destroyed lives. But there are survivors in this house that got away. Pornography has distorted the minds of men and women, old and young. But there are survivors in Apostolic Revival Center that got away. Depression has killed too many people, but there are survivors in Apostolic Revival Center that got a testimony that you made it out and you got away. Divorce has ended millions of marriages, but there are survivors in the house of the Lord that can stand and testify. It should have been us. It should have been us, but God, but Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Come on, somebody take a few moments. If you got a testimony, I should be dead, but he brought me out. I should be ruined, but he delivered me. I shouldn't have got out of that, but God. Discouragement has derailed too many with the utmost potential. But there are people in this building that not even discouragement could finish them off. They survived. Doubt has eliminated too many miracles, but there's people in this building that are holding on to their miracles. Amen. And they survived. Sin has destroyed and sent too many people to hell. But I want to help you here today. There's a church of the living God in this building that is surviving because of the blood of the Lamb. I think we ought to lift up our hands and magnify Jesus. Come on, I'm almost done preaching, but I, I think we ought to give God praise. I think we ought to give God praise. Come on, you're in the house of the Lord. Do you got a testimony? Do you got a testimony? Has God made a way? Has God ever brought you out? Has God ever delivered you? Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to pray. Come on, somebody ought to pray. Come on, church hurt has sent too many people to backslide, but there's some survivors in the house of the Lord that said, I'm not going to let anything keep me out of heaven. I'm not going to let anything keep me out of church. I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. In every assault by the adversary, there will be at least one that gets away. The question here today is no matter what you're facing, this is the question. Are you going to be the one that gets away? Are you going to be determined to be the one that survives what kills everybody else? Hey, hallelujah. 
There's people here today that they say it's too tough. It's too hard. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. And I've come to preach you here today. There's going to be somebody on the other side when we get to heaven that's going to stand up in judgment, that's going through exactly what you're going through, that's been through the same mess you've been through. And they're going to stand in judgment and say, by the grace of God, I survived. By the grace of God, I made it. I don't want to stand in judgment with somebody else uh, that says, well, uh, I came from a drug home. I had to walk to church. Uh, people offended me, but I kept going. I had to find rides. And I had this happen. I had that happen. Been homeless multiple times. Had my car stolen. Had everything go wrong. Amen. I started pastoring at church. I got offended and I stopped. Uh, amen. But I kept going. I don't want to stand in judgment with somebody else who's exactly like me, uh, who did it right, uh, and I myself didn't. Uh, I want to be the one that stands in judgment that says everything that came against me by the grace of God I survived. I don't want to stand up next to somebody else who had it the same as me or had it worse than me. There's people that don't even have a car but they made it to church anyhow. They didn't have a job, but they made it to church anyhow. They didn't have the health, but they made it to church anyhow. And they praised God anyhow. Let me help somebody here today. There's going to be somebody, well, I, I don't believe in all that worship. I don't believe in all that loud stuff. My buddy was preaching at a church one time in, the, in California. There was a man that his mother had aborted, start, tried to abort him, so he was born without hands, and all he had was his feet. And this brother, he would run the aisles, and when it was time, when the pastor said, clap your hands, he'd sit down on his seat and start clapping his feet. And my brother, my brother in the church, he said, I felt so convicted about every time I didn't clap my hands. Can I preach to somebody? There's somebody else right now that is surviving what you're about to quit on. There's somebody else that's been through what you've been through, and they've made it by the grace of God, and God has sent me to preach to you. There doesn't just have to be one survivor. You can make it out too. Somebody ought to shout, stand to your feet, clap your hands, give God your best praise. Come on, somebody shout. If you can dance, dance. If you can clap, clap. Because I don't want to be amongst those that said I couldn't make it. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout. If you got a voice left, somebody shout. If you got strength left, come on, somebody shout. If you got praise left, lift up your hands and worship. Come on. Are you the one that's going to survive? Are you the one that's going to make it out? When attrition hits, are you going to make it? Are you going to fall by the wayside? Are you going to say, God brought me out? <laughs> well, Pastor, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, no one in my family's ever been in church. Somebody's going to get away. It might as well be you. Well, nobody in my family's been religious. You ought to start a new trend. Somebody ought to shout. Woo! Nobody's shouted. Nobody in my family's ever worshipped. Nobody in my family's ever danced before the Lord. You ought to start a new trend. 
No one in my family's ever stopped drinking. Nobody in my family's ever kicked the cigarettes. Nobody in my family's ever stopped drinking and doing drugs. You ought to start a new trend and say, I survived. Well, my dad was an alcoholic and he was a drug addict, so therefore I got to be an alcoholic and a drug addict. I rebuke that. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I've just come to testify to somebody. When those servants came back, they came back one at a time. And yes, they were bringing bad news, Elder Bobo. They bought really bad news. But in the middle of that bad news, there was a glimmer of hope. Everybody died. Everything was lost. But, but, I, but, but I survived. I know a lot of people got a complaint-a-money, but I wonder if there's anybody that's got a testimony. I know it's been rough. I know it's been hard. I know it's been difficult. But is there anybody that's got a testimony? I made it out by the grace of God. I, don't, I wouldn't want to be Job. I wouldn't want to be Job, but I sure would have loved to hear the conversation of the guy that the fire fell from heaven. We always talk about the good fire falling from heaven. We don't talk about Sodom and Gomorrah fire from falling from heaven. We don't talk about Job's servants fire fall from heaven. You know, that's, that's the kind of fire you don't want. I can only imagine the firestorm that got everybody. And this one servant that ran for his life. You know what it is living for God? You got to run for your life. If you're going to survive, you got to run for your life. You can't jog for Jesus. You got to book it out of sin. You got to. Let me preach to somebody. Amen. Lot made it out of Sodom and Gomorrah, fire falling from heaven. But meanwhile, his wife is looking back, taking a jog. She didn't survive. Can I preach to somebody? You got to get out while you can. When the angel grabs your hand, you got. Well, preacher, nobody in my family's ever got the Holy Ghost. You can be the first one. Nobody in my family's ever been baptized in Jesus' name. You can be the first one. Nobody in my family's ever got a degree. You can be the first one. Somebody ought to make it up in their mind. I will be a survivor. Every one of those servants that came by, they had a testimony. I survived. I survived. Some of y'all need to look at hell and tell them I, I survived. You're in the house of the Lord today, and you think you just showed up and dressed up nice. I want to tell you, you've been through hell, but you survived. And sure, you lost some things along the way. And sure, there's some things you won't be able to get back that are gone. But you can make it up in your mind. Devil, you couldn't take me all the way out because God had his hand on me. I'm done here. Noah survived the flood. 
Everybody else died. Eight souls were saved by water. I have no doubt God would have loved to have saved more. But only eight of them made the decision to get in the ark. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody? The flood's coming. Don't let this world fool you. No stimulus check's going to get you out of this. No public official, no, no religious official, no political official is going to get you out. There's a flood coming, America. There's a flood coming, ARC. And we got to be ready to get in the boat. It ain't time to play church or jog for Jesus. It's time to run this race with patience and run it with everything you got. Get out. The fire's coming. Get out. The flood's coming. Get in the boat. Lot survived the judgment because he ran up that hill. Moses survived the genocide because his mother made him a basket. Praise God for mothers. Jesus survived the genocide because his parents picked him up and took him out. Herod thought he got them all. Hallelujah. The devil thinks he got everything out of you. Amen. But I want to preach to somebody. The Bible declares that the church will survive every attack of the enemy. Every skirmish, the devil might have one or two. The devil might get a few. But I want to preach to somebody. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And Job. Job, after hearing all of this, all four survivors came by and said, you know, I, I went through this horrendous thing, but by the grace of God, I survived. And Job, no doubt, scraping, scraping boils off his body. He has every right to curse God and die like his wife told him to do. That's why I said he lost his peace. His home was getting wrecked. But you know what Job did? The Bible says he arose. He ripped his garments. He got sad. He shaved his head. And the Bible says he fell down. And no doubt Job thought, I, I, I've lost my finances, I've lost my family, I've lost my health, I've lost my friends, I've lost so many things. Job made the decision, there's something that's going to survive this. My faith will not die. My faith will survive this storm. And the faith was not the faith to just endure and barely make it out. But that faith said, I'm going to hit my knees. I'm going to lift up my hands. And I'm going to begin to worship the Lord. There is a difference between a victim and a survivor. A victim is defined by the crime that has been perpetrated against them. But a survivor is a term of empowerment used to convey that a person has started the healing process and may have gained some sense of peace in their own life. In other words, a survivor is not defined by the crime that was perpetrated against them, but by their empowered journey to recovery. Let me preach it the way the Bible says it. The Bible calls us overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word. 
Are there any survivors in the house of the Lord? Are there any overcomers in the house of the Lord? You want to testify right now with your praise. You want to testify right now with your worship. I'm a survivor. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Devil, you couldn't destroy me when you had the chance. Devil, you couldn't take me out. I still got my praise. I still got my worship. I want to open up this altar. Let's come and worship God. Come on. Somebody come with a praise on your lips. Somebody come with a dance in your step. I'm an overcomer. God has brought me out. I've survived. I've made it through. Somebody testify with your praise. somebody right where you are you need to survive because there's people coming after you that are going to need a testimony 
He attacked my finances, but my family got away. I got a testimony. He attacked my physical health, but my faith got away. He attacked my faith, but my blessings from God got away. He attacked my family, but my joy got Don't let him have it all. Don't let him take it all. You got to survive. Testimony. 